and welcome back to another episode of the Spin Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara McKinney, and today we have a lot of things to talk about as usual. Um, last week's episode was a Taylor Swift extravaganza, which apparently y'all really liked. Um, <laughs> so in light of that news, because y'all enjoy the Taylor Swift content so much, but for the non-Swifties, I don't want to just like keep throwing Taylor Swift at them. So the solution I came up with is that I am going to be launching a monthly podcast under the Spin Cycle Media called Easter Egg Hunt. And it is going to be a monthly Taylor Swift deep dive on whatever we feel like talking about that week, whether it's like a look back at some of her albums in particular, um, predictions on upcoming re-releases, all of the above, or even just like looking at paparazzi photos of her. Um, We're going to do all of that once a month, starting on May 3rd. That is the first um, episode. I'm going to do it every every first Wednesday of the month will be Taylor Swift Day. Subscribe to Easter Egg Hunt anywhere you get your podcast. You'll see my little face. It says it's Easter Egg Hunt colon a Taylor Swift podcast. So that's how to look it up. Um, like I said, you'll see my little face. Go and subscribe. Um, the RSS feed is set up. There's just no episodes yet. <laughs> uh, but stay tuned for that coming next month. Also next month, I am making the Substack. Um, I'm giving all new subscribers 30 days free to all features. So you get the deep dives, the scandal watch, the weekly newsletter, all those things in addition to what you get with the non-paid subscription, which is just the like spur of the moment. My like off the dome has nothing to do with anything else going on in the zeitgeist random blasts. Um, So definitely sign up. I think you'll really like getting the full range of the newsletter, which is why I'm letting people do it for 30 days free so they can see all of um, the different things that I provide on there and really see like what goes down in within like a full month and what you get for your like $5. Um, so yeah, go ahead and sign up for that starting May 1st and then, um, keep a lookout for the Easter egg hunt podcast coming May 3rd, May. Also, don't forget to go peruse our new merch shop, which you can find in, um, the show notes or the link in bio on our Instagram. It's the spin cycle merch my shopify.com i believe so definitely go check out our most recent meme drop for the spring um i'm already working on the summer launch and the designs that are gonna come out with that one that one i'll go ahead and tell you the theme of um it's like an it girl drop so it's similar types of merchandise as this first drop that is all surrounding like memeable moments from 2023 so far basically this is going to be um it girl vibes uh so yeah stay tuned for that but go check out what is already available on the merch site that will be available through the next drop and that's basically what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to every design will be available for its drop and then like the next launches drop and then it'll kind of fall off the catalog and as I reintroduce more and more designs. So that's kind of how the merch store is going to work. But 
yeah. Anyway, onto the fun stuff. Enough housekeeping. God, Kira, stop talking. So some fun stuff that is kind of like internet and celebrity crossover that happened this week. Anthony Bass, who apparently plays for the Blue Jays, I wouldn't know, tweeted on April 16th that a flight attendant on United made his 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a five-year-old and two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess made by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? He says. And this sparked a lot of debate online, pretty much unanimously across the board. Every user was like, bro, like your wife can pick up popcorn or realistically your wife should make the five-year-old pick up the popcorn because the five-year-old should understand that she is leaving a mess behind for somebody else to clean up. And she she thinks it's okay to do that. And you are reinforcing that. by this whole thing. So it kind of sparked a like whole parenting debate and whatnot. And people on Twitter were going off. For example, um, I wrote about this on the Substack this week and um, some funny replies. An actor named Michael Park responded, Hey, Anthony, just spitballing here. As a father of three grown adult children, may I suggest that the five and two-year-old help clean up the mess made as a teaching moment of personal responsibility? You can thank me later. Also, hashtag go Yanks. Um, a sports commentator named John Kincaid replied, Personal accountability and responsibility is a great lesson at any age. So that's interesting. Here's the weird thing. So Anthony Bass is married to a woman named formerly Sydney James, Sydney James Bass. And Sydney James Bass happens to be Jesse James Decker's sister. Now, if you've been following the spin cycle on Instagram for a while, I have touched on J- Jesse James Decker a couple of times. It's come to my attention in the past like year and a half-ish that people on the internet just generally really don't like her. And I couldn't really figure out why at first. She she has like two songs I've ever heard. She's like a country singer. But she married Eric Decker, and that's kind of really what like made her super famous because he's so hot. <laughs> that so a lot of people, I think a lot of girls like followed him on Instagram, and then he started dating this country singer. So then she kind of gained some fans just because people thought that he was hot. Um, he was like an okay player for like the Denver, Denver Broncos. He was fine, but he retired. Um, they have three children and. People, like I said, really don't like Jesse. And I've been slowly kind of deep diving on this for a long time, but it's kind of blurry. It's not very black and white. So I, it's taken some time for me to really like figure it all out and piece it all together. But Popcorn Gate, <laughs> which happened last week, is something that I think like does kind of a good job of showcasing why people don't like this family. So After this whole Twitter thing goes down, he doubles down for about like 24 to 36 hours and he's fighting with people on Twitter, fighting for his absolute life in those Twitter replies and the mainstream media like publications start to pick it up and start to write about it. And that's kind of like the detrimental thing here is that it it got to mainstream news, it got past Twitter and it got all the way to like all of the mainstream news outlets, including like people in us weekly. And of course, Jesse herself definitely fueled this fire because she immediately stepped in on her Instagram stories. She was recording her sister talking about how like how United gave her the popcorn as if that like makes 
a difference. I'm guessing there were a lot of people in the replies who were like, why would you give a child that small popcorn? But I think the fact that it's popcorn is kind of a moot point. I think the point of this whole debate is like, whose responsibility is it to clean up after your kids? Um, And the fact that she really feels like it's not her and her husband agrees, her sister agrees is just kind of crazy. But if you don't know this, Jesse James Decker and her family have this giant subreddit dedicated to them and it's called JJD and family. I have like spent some time lurking on there because it puts a lot of the like online backlash, I think, in perspective and went into a lot of stuff I wouldn't have ever known about. Um, There are some like murmurs here and there in Us Weekly and People and E! News and Entertainment Tonight and all of those like reputable sources that kind of allude to all these things. But really, Reddit is the only place that's like compiled them all together. And essentially what I've learned from lurking on that sub for like six months and never commenting anything because I just like can't keep up with the chaos is essentially um, it seems as though after Jesse and Eric got married in 2013 that they kind of cut off relationships with his side of the family and only do things with hers, things like that, kind of like typical things that people complain about when people get married, I think. Um, But then there's all this drama with uh, the brother. So we have Sydney and Jesse. Sydney is the wife of this Blue Jays player. She is in the middle of Popcorn Gate. She's the one whose children she was made to clean up after. And she felt, quote, humiliated <laughs> by having to clean up after her kids. So there's Jesse and Sydney. And then there's also a brother named John. John is an interesting character. He goes on a lot of like strange rants on the internet. Uh, however, there was a point in time between like 2017 and 2022, which is a crazy long time, like five years that Sydney and Jesse and their mother, Karen did not speak to John and his wife, Allie, I guess they like went to their wedding, but it was tense. And then, um, they like didn't acknowledge the birth of his first child for a long time. So there was a lot of like, real housewives-esque drama going on within the family. It is very reminiscent of like the Gorga (laughs) Geodize debacle. That's kind of what it reminds me of. But there's a whole rabbit hole to go down there. And as kind of these like mainstream outlets were covering Popcorn Gate, I noticed that the subreddit was just going crazy, like so excited that they were being like exposed for their true nature. And so um, a huge thing that contributed to this and is basically the reason that the subreddit was created is because Jesse owns a clothing line called Kittenish, which also has three stores, I believe, currently in Nashville, Tampa, and here in Dallas. Now, there's been a shit ton of drama surrounding Kittenish since its very beginning. Basically, she started out with this line in like in collaboration with a legitimate designer who's, you know, has a resume, a background in designing. And Jesse was kind of like the like vibe curator, like the creative director um, alongside this like bona fide 
designer whose name was Rachel Terzer. Now, their partnership soured fairly quickly. It didn't last very long. So it was launched as a collection alongside Rachel Terzer behind the brand Cora Ray, which is now adapted into it's like an athletic wear manufacturer. It's called Everbrands. And there are like all these brands underneath them that they like help like with the production and distribution of, I believe. After that like partnership breakup, um, Jesse posted on Instagram saying, I'm currently making some amazing changes to Kittenish and the site will be under construction until late January 2018. Wonderful things to come. Thanks for your patience. And then following that, she took over, um, opened the first flagship location in Nashville in February of 2019. But like it was it was a really bad launch. Basically, a bunch of complaints poured in about several different things, one of which being that, um, I guess, people were upset that the merchandise online was so different from the merchandise in the Nashville store. People felt like the like quality online was not the same as the in-store quality. Um, there were a lot of complaints about like size, fitting, quality, all of that, that just nothing had like stayed in con- or stayed consistent in the transition from the partnership with Cora Ray to being, you know, kittenish on its own. So that was like a really big thing that turned a lot of people against Jesse. And I'm going to read her statement. And I want you to understand that if I stumble through this, it's because of how poorly written it is. She clearly had nobody check this out for her. (laughs) And um, don't be mad at me if this is like the choppiest, clunkiest thing you've ever heard. She says, Dear Kittenish loyal customers, there have been many questions and many, many, many emails as to why the Kittenish store and online are not carrying the same items. First off, I apologize from the bottom of my heart that these items have not been available to you online. When I opened the store in mid-February, I never knew how much y'all would love these items you were seeing in store and on the Kittenish Nashville Instagram. Secondly, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that you don't know or are unaware of that I try not to share to protect the situation. But I now realize this isn't helping and I need to also protect and let my customers know what the deal is so y'all don't have to keep wondering. What I want to share is that my online and my Nashville store are ran completely separately. I am in complete control of the store and not online. I should have explained this a long time ago. So everyone understood that I wasn't ignoring my online kittenish customers and that this has been out of my hands. Moving forward in the future, I am taking full control of online so that everything will be cohesive and there will not be such a disconnect from the store and online anymore. I apologize 100 times for the inconvenience of this, but also want to thank y'all for having so much passion for my brand. Every business owner knows that in the beginning, there are so many ups and downs and kinks that get worked out to learn from and make a company successful. The success of Kittenish has been so huge and the growth has been so strong that there have been times where I simply have just been unable to keep up. But this is changing now. I have an incredible team of amazing women around me and even more women I am planning on hiring. And I can promise you that you will not be disappointed anymore moving forward. And all things Nashville will make a home on kittenish.com. This letter was to address that I hear you loud and clear, and I am working on this day in and day out with my team. I love y'all so much. And again, thank you for your patience and for supporting me and for supporting Kittenish. 
So this is April of 2019. After in February, she opened her first flagship store and brought all of the new items online after her partnership with Rachel Terzer dissolved. So then in December of that same year, reviews continued to pour in like bad reviews and complaints skyrocketed. People contacted the Better Business Bureau. I mean, like you can go look it up. It's terrible. Like their reviews on everything are like under a two-star review. Trust Pilot, it's like seriously like a 1.6 um Better Business Bureau. There's tons of complaints on there. So go look at it. If you don't believe me, I am not being a hater. So in December of that same year, after all of that continued to go on, Eric, her husband, stepped in as president and co-owner. And then um, even though he like stepped in and tried to help, Jesse continued to post on the Kittenish Instagram account about feeling overwhelmed by the growth and the thousands and thousands of orders made in the past four months. It opened its Destin store that same month in 2019, which is now permanently closed. Um, they went on to open more stores in Dallas in August 2021 and Tampa in November 2021. In addition to all those issues, the general public has called them out a lot for not showing diversity in any realm on in any of their marketing. There's like very infrequently anybody who's not white. And if they are not white, they are still like fairly light skinned and feature like Eurocentric features um also there's like not a lot of size difference like pretty much everyone pictured is like a size two or size four there's really no like even like mid-size representation or even just like a larger straight size representation it's all very very small petite women um like i would never shop there partially because my influencer friends who went to the kittenish opening in August 2021 said all the clothes look cheap, but also because it's like, I would just assume that they didn't have anything for me there based on the marketing. People have apparently like called this out and Jesse has just been like, well, that's my like aesthetic. I don't know what you want me to say. So that's kind of my like high level overview of Jesse James Decker. How like popcorn gate, turns out will be interesting. This isn't, this also is not the first time in like recent history that Jesse's family has been in the news for like parenting related stuff. Back in November during like Thanksgiving, Jesse posted a picture of her three children on the beach in like Hawaii or something. And <laughs> they're like shredded. Their abs are shredded. And people basically accused her of editing her children's abs to look more ripped in this picture, which I actually, I do believe that she did because she also posted other pictures from the same day in the same swimsuits and her kids looked like kids. They didn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They just looked like kids. Um, so I do believe that she edited that that picture and I don't believe that she used some kind of filter to like make their abs appear I just think that she fucked with like the lighting and the contrast and like she messed with all the different elements of the photo in order to ensure that their abs pop um she then went on this like rampage and used very like fat phobic language to defend the way her kids looked even though people were never attacking her children for their bodies they were coming for her 
for seemingly editing them to like look a certain way. But she kind of took it and spun it to be about people body shaming her children. And in this statement, kind of like basically says, why do we celebrate fat people? But you're talking about my kids like looking weird. Because she literally says, let's see. Let's read her statement. She says, I didn't plan on addressing this because it's bonkers, but the photos are out there and every single news outlet has posted about this. When I posted the pics of our vacation and included the kids being silly, flexing on the beach on our Thanksgiving trip, which first of all, they're not flexing. In the photo, they're not flexing. They're just like being children. Anyway, I had no idea or no clue it would get the reaction it did, but being accused of Photoshop on my kids, I can't help but laugh or the polar opposite of overtraining our kids. I don't see how that's the opposite. Anyway, makes me realize how bizarre our world has gotten regarding the body and what's normal and what's not. We preach about body positivity and acceptance, but my kids having a mass amount of genetic and built muscle from athletics is weird. I want to raise my kids to feel proud of their bodies and hard work from either Vivi's elite com- competitive gymnastics to Eric Jr. wanting to be like his dad as an NFL receiver to Little Forrest who spends hours dancing his heart out. Let's not pick and choose what we normalize regarding bodies and be accepting of all people and children. If we want to do better, then do better. I'm proud of my children and encourage them to live their dreams. So we'll see y'all at the 2032 Olympics and wearing Bubby's jersey in the stands and dancing at Forest Rock concert. Which on one hand, it's like, yes, obviously, like, it's fine to be like, my children are highly active. Like, I like I, I did not use, I did not Photoshop my kids to have abs on them, even though that isn't really what I think she did. Again, I think that she just like messed with the lighting to really make the abs go like be in your face. But what bothers me is that she's basically saying in this, like, if y'all are going to be nice to fat people, you should be nice to my kids too. Um, And she's kind of like very subtly towing the line of just like, she's not coming out and saying like, why do y'all like fat people, but shame my kids. But that's basically what she's saying. And she doesn't understand that people aren't shaming her children. They're shaming her. (laughs) I don't think that she like gets that people are like, Hey, like maybe stop caring so much about your children's body types. They're like under 10. And she's like, I want my kids to be proud of their bodies from their hard work. And I'm like, oh, as somebody who has had an eating disorder and then has also had to lose weight after recovering from the eating disorder and my hormones fucked me up, like actually fuck that, Jesse. Like maybe teach your kids to love their bodies for what they can do and not how they look. How about that? So... Coachella is officially over now. We've had both weekends and the first weekend seemed to be a lot more eventful than the second weekend. Obviously Frank Ocean um, canceled, pulled out of the headlining weekend two at the last minute, which um, promoted Blink-182 basically to be able to take over the headlining position. Uh, He also, before his first performance, the on the first weekend, the man literally like decided to change his entire set like right before. And part of the reason that he was late is because he had this huge like ice rink that and like professional ice skaters to perform on during his set. And then he just decided he didn't want to do it anymore and made everybody like melt it down. And then I guess like the ice skaters had to just like walk around on the stage, which 
as a dancer, if I was hired for something and they were like, never mind, you're not going to dance anymore. You're just going to walk around. I would be like, goodbye. <laughs> like, I don't know how he had anybody there left, but he was like such a diva. And I guess that like people are saying he has mental health issues and I'm sure that that's true, but like, it's your job, you know, like I don't mean to sound, I don't mean to sound like you're like, super Republican uncle right now at Thanksgiving, but it is so annoying to me the way that like when women perform, it's like, give us the outfit, give us the set, give us the, like the best mashup you've ever heard. I want production value. I want dancers. I want glitter. I want confetti. I want aerial dancers. I want trapeze artists. Like you want the standard we have for female performers is so much higher than that of their male counterparts. But then not only, not only that, but then they're the, when our male counterparts, you know, like don't deliver when they fail, when they, whatever, they don't have to answer for it in the same way women do. Remember when Adele like postponed her Vegas residency? Cause she was like, it's not ready. And she was like crying and all this stuff. And then people were like, she's so privileged, but then, we turn around and Frank Ocean does this like the day of doesn't make some kind of tearful plea to his fans. Just as kind of like, fuck y'all. I don't care. And then screws Coachella. Well, really Coachella's like event production company, which is called gold something. I can't think of what it is right now, but the production company that throws Coachella is going to eat millions of dollars, seven figures, seven figure loss because of him not only pulling out and like the production costs for that, but just because he changed his mind after the first one. I mean, they've eaten so much money from his like, you know, the, the production that was supposed to take place and then just like got canceled last minute. That's like canceling like a wedding the day of you have to pay for it still. <laughs> like, sorry that your life is ending or whatever. But like, at the end of the day, these are people's jobs. And that's the other thing is that he's not just screwing over like, you know, millionaires and billionaires and whatever. He's screwing over the little guy. He's screwing over these ice skaters. He's screwing over like anybody else involved in the set production, production design, all of all of that. He is screwing over a bunch of people who make, you know, $80,000 a year. He's also screwing over ticket purchasers, which yes, there are a lot of influencers there for free. Yes, there are a lot of rich ass celebrities there, but there's also a lot of 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds who have been saving up to see him drove across the country, maybe to see him and paid a shit ton of money that they probably don't have. And for what? So whatever, Frank Ocean, like if you have, if you have mental health issues, we're adults and it's still our responsibility to get help for those issues. So maybe don't agree to headline Coachella and then decide that you don't want to headline Coachella the weekend of like, it's one thing to back out. It's one thing to pull out. It's one thing to cancel. I get it. But there is absolutely no reason that it should be the day of or like the week of. There's no reason unless somebody died. Sue me. 
Anyway, there's been a lot of stuff going on at Coachella. Besides that, Bad Bunny's set the first weekend was interesting, I guess. Um, Miss Kendall Jenner was there with him. Um, they were they were pictured together a whole lot, including canoodling, et cetera, et cetera. But what I thought was particularly fascinating is that during his set in Spanish, he essentially was like, I'm not necessarily dating anybody, so don't be mad at me. He says, I want to humbly say that sometimes people think they really know what's going on in the private lives of famous people, and that's not true. They have no idea. They don't know how we feel or what we think or how we really live. A lot is said on social media and in the press, but they can never, ever know what's truly behind someone's heart. So unless something comes out of my mouth, don't believe it. Those who actually want to get to know me as a person, you're invited to my crib who wants to come. So he says that. During his set in Spanish, while Kendall is there like front and center at his set supporting him, and then they're like canoodling before and after. So I'm very confused by this whole tactic. And this also goes back to what I said about I do not think that this is a PR relationship because it's not good PR for Benito. So this is kind of like what I mean by that. I think the PR stunt really is going to be him being like, no, it's just casual. No, it's just casual. And then like someday they're going to end up married. Basically like Haley Bieber and Justin Bieber, they're going to be like, we're not dating. We're not dating. We're not dating. Actually, we're engaged. <laughs> so I don't know. That whole thing's weird, but I do not think it's for PR because if it's for PR, it's a blunder. It's not smart. I don't, I really don't understand it. So that is... That whole thing's interesting. Corey Gamble and Chris Jenner rolled up to Coachella this weekend with Jeff Bezos and that Sanchez lady whose first name I can't think of right now. Um, I want to say it's like Jennifer, but that's just what I think. I think every woman who is not black over the age of 35 is named Jennifer, pretty much. So I don't know if that's really her name. Something Sanchez. Um, she's beautiful, but she's with Jeff Bezos, so she can't be a good person. Also, some weird Coachella couple news is, I guess, Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes are back together or are at least hooking up again, seeing each other again, whatever. And then she dropped um, like a teaser for a new single where she in it says already. It's so crazy how fast these people like turn the shit out. Um, her lyrics to in her new song say something to the effect of, are you coming co to Coachella? If you do, it'll be all I think about. Um, and then they were like seen at Coachella right before she released that teaser and they were like making out and stuff and holding hands. And that's always this. Okay. Coachella is always the weekend Coachella. And then the Met Gala back. I love that they're so close together because it's basically couples will be like, Hey, we're like, we're teasing the fact that we're a thing at Coachella. And then the Met Gala will show you like if they walk the red carpet together. And then if they walk the red carpet together, it means they're together together. So I think that people like strategize when it comes to Coachella and uh, the Met Gala to like hard launch, soft launch relationships. It's like the ultimate time of year to do it. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Sean and Camilla show up at all. And if they show up together, Sean usually goes, I actually don't know about Camilla. I don't really keep up with her as much. Um, allegedly, Hailey Bieber is not going to go to the Met Gala she, which I kind of don't believe her. She and Justin were at Coachella. Um, boring. Selena Gomez was not there and she usually does go to Coachella. So that's notable. 
but she is like super fucking busy right now. So that might be why. Cause I actually like think it's interesting that since Taylor Swift and Joe Allen broke up, the only time we've seen them with like Selena Gomez came to the Arlington show of Eras tour, which was, would have been like right after they allegedly broke up, even though I have a theory that they broke up a really long time ago, but I'll get to that on the other podcast. Um, but so Selena and Taylor, like, briefly saw each other i guess in dallas but since she's been back in new york she's been pictured with the heim sisters blake lively Gigi hadid all her other famous friends but we haven't seen her with selena yet so i think selena's just like busy as fuck um so good for them two booked and busy besties but i'm excited to see if selena goes to the met gala i really think that we're gonna get a taylor swift met gala return this year because She's basically telling Serena Vanderwoodson has returned from one of her many escapades. And here I am. Queen of New York is back. Step aside, bitches. So I think we're going to see a Taylor Swift Met Gala appearance. That's my like first bold prediction for the Met Gala. And then Sean and Camilla will be an interesting one. And then Bad Bunny and Kendall. We'll see if they walk the carpet together or not because they both went last year. Kendall always goes. So we'll see about that one. I'm also interested to see separate from Coachella, but just Met Gala related. I'm really interested to see what Kim Kardashian does this year. She's now made herself the Met Gala stunt girl. Like she has made herself Lady Gaga's meat dress. She has gone full spectacle and I like, not like camp, you know, not, I, that's not what I mean. I mean, she goes for the stunt. She goes for the spectacle. She wants to make headlines for weeks to come after the Met Gala and she doesn't care if they're positive or negative. So I'm really interested to see what she does this year if she goes for another, like, Carl Lagerfeld um, is the theme, which means most people will be dressing in something Chanel-inspired. So I have a feeling we're going to get some kind of, like, Jackie Kennedy vibe out of her, um, reminiscent of that, like, Jackie Kennedy-inspired spread she did um that got her in hot water back in the day because she was kind of like she was black fishing a little bit but then again she's not the stylist so she's the talent she's not the stylist and like a black woman wrote that article so what you know what can you do anywho also think that with her being Marilyn Monroe vibes last year and then to go full Kennedy this year would just be so on brand for her so we'll see all right I have some feel-good fuzzies for you okay you're welcome because I know sometimes this podcast is a downer. We talk a lot about breakups and a lot about sexual misconduct and domestic violence allegations. But here I have for you a happy story of rich people using their money in good ways. So Wrexham FC is the Welsh football team by football. I mean, football team, soccer, it's soccer. Uh, <laughs> it's Welsh. And Ryan Reynolds and Robert McElhinney, I think is how you say it, uh, bought the team in 2021 and um, FX made a whole documentary about it. I'm sure you've seen some kind of inklings about it somewhere. If you're listening to this podcast, you know at the very least that Ryan Reynolds is involved with the soccer team. Um, so the Welsh team plays in the English soccer league. So yes, I should said they're Welsh, but it is an Eng English soccer league team. Um, they won in a three, one match against Boreham wood and helps promote them to like the next tier of the English leagues system. Basically what they are right now is kind of like, like a club select team. 
Um, but with this win, it takes them from that level to being like triple A here. Um, the reason this is a big deal is because they were a part of the fifth league, like the fifth division, or no, no, the top, the fourth division, which is like the D league, but still they were part of that league um, after 87 years up until 2008. And then for the last 15 years, they've been like demoted to like the D minus league. Um, and this win basically helped them to get back to their old standing where they were before 2008. That is just like a really happy story. Basically, Ryan Reynolds and Robert McElhinney were just like, hey, like we want to give this like kind of like dying team a shot at redemption and um, resurrection, so to speak. So next season, the club will compete in League Two, which again is like the fourth and lowest division of like the professional soccer system, but they are now again considered professionals, which is huge. So that's a huge deal. And after the win, Ryan Reynolds said, quote, I'm not sure I can actually process what happened tonight. I'm still a little speechless. So they're very excited. Um, the fans are really excited. And I love seeing people use their money to do something good beyond just like donating to a charity because anybody can do that. I donate to charity all the time. So it's like, show me something uh, else. <laughs> so I love to see rich people do inventive, creative charity work so that is a happy story you know how andy cohen does a jack hole of the week i kind of want to start doing that but i'm really bad with like redoing segments partially because then i have to like edit in something that says like this is a new segment and that's so annoying so instead uh i'm just going to tell you that the biggest asshole of this week megan trainer let's talk about megan trainer going on her own podcast which i don't know why she has a podcast but she has a podcast and Trisha Paytas was a guest, which I do love that. More Trisha in my life is always good. However, I have like a strong disdain for Megan Trainer. I <laughs> say that as somebody who has used her songs on multiple occasions for choreography purposes because she makes music that's great for children. So I really enjoy choreographing dances for kids 12 and under to Megan Trainer songs. I've used um, a few of them before. One of my, like my most successful dance I've ever done was a Megan Trainer song to Throwback Love, which is like a cute song in theory, but it's also like cheese on cheese. She's just corny. Anyway, she apparently has a podcast. I guess, because she's like missed social media now. And she says in her podcast, you know, she doesn't believe in public school, blah, 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 which she's kind of touched on before. So she has said in the past that she she's choosing to homeschool her kids because she's terrified of school shootings. Knowing that, the fact that she then went on this podcast and said that, you know, she has basically no respect for public school and fuck teachers, she said. She literally said, fuck teachers which I just find to be insane. The one thing I will say in solidarity with Miss Megan Trainer is it does bother me the way that teachers act like their job is so much harder than everybody else's. And while I do understand that teaching is a really hard gig, pretty much any job you have as a woman is going to be shitty. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to like 
think that your ideas are worth anything. They're going to pitch you against the people that you like the most. Like you're going to get punished for having feelings. You're going to get punished for not having enough feelings. Like it just sucks to be a working woman. And so it does bother me at times when teachers act like their job is harder than everybody else in the countries. However, they are at risk for school shootings, which is a literal like epidemic in this country. So for Megan Trainer to have said in the past, oh, I'm homeschooling my child because I'm terrified of school shootings, and then to turn around and say, fuck teachers, is absolutely bananas. <laughs> like, I just, I just, whatever. This lady, this privileged white lady who has, for some reason, so much money, even though I do recognize that she, much like Ed Sheeran, do a lot of songwriting for other artists. And that is something I can respect. However, I don't like her acting like this whole, you know, giant demographic, which probably plays her music in their classrooms. Cause again, it's kid friendly. The fact that she's like, look what you've wanted to do for your whole life. Because most teachers I know, most teachers I know are people who have dreamt of becoming teachers their whole life. They have wanted to inspire the, and educate and instill greatness in the next generation. And for her who just like, you know, is deciding to do everything herself at home, which do you really think she's going to be the one homeschooling her children? Or do you think she's going to hire somebody else to do so? Do you think she's going to tell that lady, fuck you? And yes, I say lady, because the majority of teachers are women. So really, it's a misogynistic take anyway. And that's what I have to say to you, Miss Megan Trainer, who you wrote a whole song about hating skinny bitches. And now you're going on your own podcast and being like, I hate skinny bitches and teachers. Okay, who's going to listen to your music? Who's left? <laughs> I got to go. Because let me tell you something. Black people aren't listening to your music, Miss Megan. So cut that out. Anyway, I, I just I just want to know who Miss Megan Trainer thinks is listening to her music because she's really making she's just making the demographic even smaller when it was already kind of a small pool to begin with. So not trying to be shady, but it's the truth. What can you do? All right. Well, this has been lovely. A jam packed episode <laughs> full of hard hitting facts coming at you. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm the spin cycle media on Instagram. I'm get the spin cycle on Twitter on Substack. We're also get the spin You can also go subscribe to the YouTube channel. If that's not where you're already watching this, um, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you for tuning in week after week and stay tuned for more information regarding the second podcast, Easter egg hunt, a Taylor Swift podcast. I will see you next week and the week after that. I love you so much. Bye. Bye.